Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand, a podcast for leading financial professionals or rainmakers and their teams that offer support for securing a successful future. From marketing help to staffing structure, listen and subscribe for actionable insights from advisors and skilled professionals alike. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand. I will be your host today, Matt Seitz, Chief Marketing Officer here at C2P. We've actually flipped the script a little today with our guest, Dave Allison, founding partner and president at C2P and founder and CEO at Allison Wealth Management. We have a, a fun topic here today, one that we've gotten a lot of requests for. And so thank you all uh, for providing that feedback of, of topic ideas for, for our podcast. And the interesting twist today is we're doing a podcast on podcasting. So who better to be uh, a guest on that than, than Dave, who as you all know, as one of our, our hosts for the Bucket Plan On Demand and Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand here at C2P, but also the Complete Wealth Management with Dave Allison over with Allison Wealth Management and the thought leadership that Dave provides through these podcasts, both here and at Allison Wealth Management, are a big reason why last year was a winner of the Think Advisor Luminaries Award for Thought Leadership and Education, also an Investment News 40 Under 40 winner last year. Again, Dave, doing so much to, to earn recognition with both of those, but a lot of that that you are taking back and providing to our audience through these podcasts. And that's why we came up with today's podcast on podcasting ideas. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me, I have a friend who's a photographer and every year she takes a picture of her holding the picture from the previous year. And so it's been like 15 years and you can spot this little micro picture in all the pictures and Kind of reminds me of our episode today, a podcast on podcasting. Yeah, and it's you know it's funny. A couple other people that I know that I've listened to for tips on podcasting. One of the main things that I always hear is, I never go back and listen to my first one. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're not embarrassed by your first one, then you waited too long to start. And so you know the reality of it is, it's about progress and. I think hopefully what my goal here is I, I can kind of share some of the learning experiences that that we've had at Allison Wealth along the way. And of course, I mean, I can't even think of how many episodes that we've launched at C2P on the bucket plan right. on demand and, and the Rainmaker multiplier on demand. And so I know it's kind of a hot topic. I talked about it a little bit at our retreat in Orlando, and I've just had a lot of advisors saying, hey, can you give me kind of the step-by-step -step on what you do and how you do it? And so... That's what we're going to cover today. Yeah. And, and so let's start there. For, for those listening, I'm sure a lot interested either they're uh, thinking about getting into doing podcasting or they're getting started and looking for those, those tips from you. So what, what prompted you to get started with a podcast at Allison Wealth? Yeah, for me, you know, there was a couple different things. Number one is I did not and I still do not do it with the intent of lead generation, right? I think that if you go into this and think, hey, I'm going to spin up a podcast and all of a sudden my calendar is going to be booked with right fit calls. I mean, maybe you're the next Joe Rogan, but that's not kind of my intent of why I started the podcast initially. For me, I'm always looking for efficiency. How can I drive education to the people that I have in my pipeline or in my database without having to invest a lot of one-on-one -on -one time in meetings? And so obviously content creation is key to that, whether it's 
written blogs. I mean, that was really how we started at Allison Wealth Management, writing blogs on things that were relevant to our clients. Then we moved to more short form videos on YouTube. And so, you know, anytime something would, you know, come out that we thought was relevant to our clients, we'd try to record a quick few minute video. For example, we're posting one tonight. Conrad just recorded it on some of the updates of the new tax law that should hopefully get passed in the next few weeks here on the child tax credit and R&D credits for business owners. And so kind of my next evolution into this content was YouTube and, and creating videos. And those started to get a lot of exposure. And, you know, then from there, we thought that the next kind of transition was just this podcasting because number one, it's very easy to do if you structure it the right way. And it's mm -hmm. incredibly inexpensive. Like writing blog, blog posts doesn't cost you any money. Creating short form YouTube videos doesn't cost you any money. And last but not least, podcasting doesn't really cost you much money. And so these are all great ways to continue to get your brand out there. But I use all of those forms of content to drive education to my clients. So for example, if I'm meeting with a client and we uncover that they don't really have their legacy planning documents set up, their core legal documents, I'll send them a podcast that me and my attorney, Benjamin Kelly, did on you know the core of estate planning. And what that does is it helps kind of simplify and educate them on what I want them to understand so that when we get in a meeting together, it's we're ready to start talking about their personal situation instead of spending all that time educating them. And I can't tell you, you know, how many videos we've done, whether it's like understanding the order of money when you're saving, understanding the order of money in, in distribution and in retirement that, again, are just kind of quick hit little pieces of content that we send out to our prospects and clients to get them engaged. And then, of course, these longer form podcasts now give people a place to just kind of plug into while they're in their car, while they're cutting their grass. I mean, I'm a huge podcast listener and, you know, just is, is giving them the content to receive it when and where they want versus having to always schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. So for me, Matt, it was like a hack into shortcutting the educational process of my clients. Right. And what I like that you mentioned there is you didn't jump into this to promote yourself. You used it as a way to provide that value-add thought leadership because when you're doing it that way, it's applicable to your existing clients and your prospects. So you're kind of maximizing your exposure that way. It is. And it's that, the content. I mean, the content is, I think, where most people struggle with. And the reality of it is like we just kind of flipped the script a little bit and said, hey, we're we're producing content every single day in our client meetings. That's mm -hmm. just what we need to write about. So when we started blogging, you know, if we help somebody navigate their restricted stock units or their incentive stock options or build a retirement income distribution plan in a tax efficient way, we would start writing blogs on that. And that gained search engine optimization momentum to our website. And I think I've shared, you know, most of my lead generation comes from my website. Right. When we started doing YouTube videos, again, it was very similar on that same content. And that attracted a different form of you know, person. And we've been doing YouTube for about a year now. We average about 30 new subscribers to our channel every single month. 
And so that's 30 new people who are subscribing that every time we put out a new piece of content, they get notified. Allison Wealth put out a video and they can easily click on it. And so, you know, our goal is to continue to build YouTube subscribers. I think we're up to about 800 now. And then the third piece is the podcast. So right now we're averaging about 80 to 100 downloads per podcast episode that we do through the traditional podcast players like Apple and Spotify. But then we also are generating another 60 to 100 viewers of our podcast episodes through YouTube podcast. And again, you know, we're only on, we're on episode 14 of the Complete Wealth Management podcast now. So, you know, that momentum has been built up in somewhat of a short form. And, you know, even the first half of last year, when I started doing the podcast by myself, you know, I wasn't producing a ton of content. It was like one a month, maybe one every other month. Now that I've really engaged my team in the podcasting, and the video creation, we're creating a lot more content. And I'll talk a little bit about that because I think that's one of the most important things our advisors should be thinking about as they're thinking about launching a content marketing campaign like this. Right. And, you know, a couple nuggets that you mentioned there to point out too is the, as you are getting started, like don't get discouraged early on. It is that snowball effect of it. it you know, it's going to take a few viewers on YouTube or listening on your podcast platform. Like don't get discouraged. Like there's strategies out there to build up that audience. Like you mentioned, Dave, because it's once you have that initial upfront cost of the right equipment, you know, the microphones we're using, the cameras, the softwares, which we'll get into the softwares in a second here. Then it's about the optimization of those, you know, on the podcast platforms on YouTube so that you can be found from keywords. And that's what helps take off. I know you've had that, you know, especially on YouTube, a couple that have taken off just because of the, the timely topics and optimization you've done on, on titles. Yeah. And that's huge. Right. And like YouTube's, a, you know, I, I'm certainly like no Mr. Beast or have figured out how to crack the code on YouTube. Yet, I mean, that would be my goal, right. To become like the Mr. Beast of the financial services industry and have, you know, a million viewers on every video I do. But what's interesting is there's no, I haven't found any rhyme or reason. Like sometimes I'll put out a video on YouTube and it'll get like 50, 60 views. Other times I put out a video and it gets 15 or 20,000 views, which is mind blowing. And what those do is they drive engagement back to your other videos. So when we do launch a video and it goes, you know, what I would call kind of financial services viral, then right. it drives our subscribers. And the more subscribers we have, then they're getting touched by all of our other videos and content. So to your point, like you just got to keep producing and throwing stuff out there. And, you know, it's not like YouTube charges me $1,000 for every video I put out, like a seminar might be or something like it's absolutely free. So put it out there. And if it sucks, oh, well, move on to the next topic and do a new video. And so, you know, I think to your point, don't get discouraged. And, you know, it's all about just putting out new, timely, relevant content because all of these engines, whether it's Meta or Google, they all rank based on relevant content. So mm -hmm. if you're not continually putting out relevant content, you're not kind of floating to the top of the charts when people are searching for this stuff. And you just never know. Conrad had a fit call last night, client in Indianapolis looking to retire. He says, opened up the fit call. How'd you hear about us? The guy said, I found you guys on YouTube. Like that happens every once in a while. But again, it's not the primary reason we're doing all this content. It's, it's an ancillary benefit. 
Yeah, not 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 everyone can be a home run, but you never know when you're going to do that. I know we have a podcast over at, at JL Smith, and we're kind of in the infancy there as well, where we're getting 30 to 50 listeners a week and whatnot. And then we did an end of your tax tips one with Jeff Warnkin. And all of a sudden the next week, I think we had 3,000 listens in, in one week. We went from 30 to 3,000. You find that diamond in the rough, but once you find that one, we picked up so many subscribers from it that now they're getting them automatically when we launch a new one. Absolutely. That's huge. And that's just a great example. You never know what's going to hit. So you always need to be trying and testing different content to different demographics. And we'll talk about some of that structure here in the show today, but you just got to get started. That's the key. You got to get started. So yeah, um, Matt, you want to kind of go through like some of the the steps of kind of getting a podcast started and and I can kind of walk through like software, hardware, and you know what to think about when somebody's getting this off the ground and launched. Yeah. So you know, to get started, obviously the the, the first thing, a lot of this is the upfront cost and the upfront planning. And you got to make sure that you have the the right equipment with a lot of times that's that's the video equipment. It's the recording software you're using. It's the it's the microphone. I see yours in there. I got mine. You see it a little down here. It's a little lower than yours. And and then the editing software and making sure you go through all those before you're posting them out there. So having that right equipment and, and at C2P, we can help kind of put together a little guide. I know as we're going to go through that today to make it easy on you. But Dave, if you kind of want to talk us through what you use on your end there that I know we're kind of mirroring it at C2P on your end, but starting with you know, what you're using from a hosting provider standpoint. Yeah. And this is something again, like if I had a time machine and could go backwards, don't skimp on this stuff. And I'll, I'll show you some examples of what I mean. Even when you look at what Matt's microphone is versus mine, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can hear quite a quality difference between what I sound like and Matt sounds like. Matt has a decent microphone, but he doesn't have a high-end microphone. And I'll talk about the difference of that in, in just a minute. But first off, hosting. You know, a lot of people think that it's tedious to start a podcast because you think you need to go set up with Spotify and Apple and Google. And every time you host an episode, go launch it in all these places. But there's really great turnkey services. So the one that I use and highly recommend is Buzzsprout, B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-U-T. Dot com, buzzsprout.com. And they make it very simple. You set up an account. It basically walks you through how to establish essentially your podcast and your station. And then it gives you step-by-step -step instructions of how to set up a podcast account at Spotify and at Apple and at Google and like 30 other stations. And so what we did is we just walked through that step-by-step -step guide of setting up at every major station out there because I want my clients or audience to be able to hear me wherever they listen to podcasts. Like I listen to a lot of my podcasts on Spotify. I also sit around and watch YouTube and listen to my podcasts or watch my podcasts on YouTube. I watch way more podcasts than I do TV these days. And so again, like there's different kind of mediums. Now, a company like Buzzsprout will take care of everything except YouTube. YouTube, you have to do on your own, and we'll talk about that. But again, YouTube is the biggest kind of player or channel out there, so you don't want to overlook it. 
But essentially what you do is sign up for Buzzsprout. I think we pay $19 a month. So when I talk about this stuff being cheap, like this stuff is cheap. And so $19 a month gets us access to that service. What we do is record our episode. We do a little bit of video editing, which I'll talk about. And then we upload that video to Buzzsprout. From there, Buzzsprout has some AI tools that they can help you create a title and they can help you write a show description. I look at those AI tools, but we almost always edit them because I think they sound a little bit cheesy. I think they, you know, a lot of this AI out there is not very refined yet. They go a little bit over the top. And so a lot of times I'll know what I want to name my episode. And I try to name it something very specific that's going to engage the audience. Like when I did my tax one at the end of the year, it was, you know, 21 end of year tax planning tips and strategies, like something simple like that. Or one of the last episodes I did, I actually interviewed a client of ours at Allison Wealth Management. Again, now with the new SEC marketing rule, a lot of more of that stuff is kind of open game. This client retired at the age of 49. They're sailing the world in their retirement in this custom sailboat they built. So they broadcasted from Trinidad on their sailboat in the podcast. And I just interviewed them about early retirement and pursuing their passion. And so again, you know, you can use these AI tools and creators to help like write the descriptions, but I find you know best what you're talking about in that episode. But Buzzsprout basically, you know, you name your title, you write your description. Of course you have your compliance disclosures in that description. And then you can establish chapters of your podcast like a book. So, you know, for example, my last podcast was on our PCA quarterly market intel report. There was right. only three chapters of that. You know, we talked about what kind of happened last year in the state of the economy. We talked about what the Fed pausing interest rates could mean for the stock market. And we talked about the presidential election. Very simple, about a 16-minute podcast, three chapters. Many of our other podcasts might be 40, 50 minutes long, and they might have six or seven or eight chapters. And again, the benefit of setting up those chapters with a service like Buzzsprout is you can direct a client to a certain chapter. So, you know, if I want to talk about irrevocable trust for estate planning, I might send them my estate planning episode and say, hey, feel free to listen to the whole thing if you want. But if not, just go to chapter six, where we talk about irrevocable trust. I think that eight minute segment's going to you know, help in, educate you a lot on some of the stuff we need to talk about in your plan. And so Buzzsprout is kind of the, the server, right? The host of all of this stuff, and they make it very, very easy. So you know, that's kind of one component, Matt, in like launching and setting up a podcast is get yourself a Buzzsprout account and, you know, kind of get connection. You need to apply for your podcast. So, you know, I worked with Rob at the C2P marketing team. You know, he created me a logo for my podcast. You know, of course, we created the name of the podcast. We created a description for the overall podcast. Those are the types of things that you're going to need when you apply for Apple or Spotify or Google podcast players. Yeah. And as you're, if you're listening to this or going through this process on your own, you know, hopefully this podcast is helping you do that. We'll provide some additional resources to walk you through that. But if need be, you know, reach out to our marketing team. We're here. We want to help you get you that direction you want to go. 
Yeah. The, you know, Dave, I think that the next step then is what are you using <laughs> to record these like we're on today? Yeah. So when we started our podcasting, we were using Zoom. So if you go back to like the Complete Wealth Management podcast and look at like the first 13 or 14 episodes, all we would do is launch a Zoom room, hit record and off to the races in recording it. No different than a client meeting. But the challenge that I saw with Zoom is, you know, if you're just doing audio, it's fine. But when you want to incorporate video, like if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, you can see Matt and I right now. The problem with Zoom is it doesn't locally record the video on each participant's computer. It basically buffers in the, the, the servers at Zoom. And you can see a big difference of like the videos are very pixelated and don't look incredibly high quality, particularly if you're going to edit them. So we use a software called Riverside. Riverside is what Matt and I are recording in right now. Basically, they create a studio for you where I'm the host, Matt is a guest, and we could even have a producer in here. Now, nobody can see or hear the producer in the recording, but they can talk to us. And so if you have somebody on your team that's orchestrating all this for you, they could be in there. And you know they might stop me real quick right now and say, hey, Dave, you're talking too long on this. Maybe you know wrap this section up. And I can just quickly pause and then re-engage again. And then in video editing, they don't need to cut the producer out. They just need to cut the blank space of audio out that you can't hear anything. So it does stuff like that. That's kind of you know more of an advanced, like when you start getting into editing and more of a production around your podcast, which quite honestly, we don't even really do right now. What we do is we get into Riverside like this. You know, I'll be in here as the host. Typically, I have David Roth and Conrad both in, and they're always guests that are participating here together. And, you know, we just hit record. It's going to record everything. We could even share our screen if we want to, or have some, you know, maybe charts or visuals to share in the podcast. And then when it's done, it basically uploads everybody's video file to this software. And then it transcripts out the entire podcast episode. So if I said something stupid and I want to go cut it out, like I don't even have a video editing background and I can just highlight the section of the video and delete it out. And it does all of that. So, you know, maybe that's not your cup of tea. Maybe, you know, you're not going to get in there and do that. But, you know, you might have a team member that's capable of that. And again, it eliminates the need for like having a video editor. So, you know, that's something that we use, you know, in terms of just creating efficiency and high quality recordings of our podcast. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I, I know people that have been on with me on the, the Rainmaker Multiplier side as guests, and I know you've done a lot of these too, that they think it, I've, got, I've got to get it perfect. I've got to go all the way through. Like, it, it's okay to go back and edit. Like you said, if you have that wherewithal and know how to do that, Otherwise, if you have someone on your team or someone that you outsource to, to be able to do that, but some, something like Riverside or, or Descript, like we've used at, at C2P, where you can go back and highlight a section. So kind of a best practices, if you, if you know when that is, you know, maybe you have a, a word or a person's name, like Davey mentioned, the producer, our you know, man behind the curtain that could be there <laughs> to mention their name and they know to go to this time and, and cut out that segment. 
Well, and what I do is a little hack is if we do something that we screw up on, I'll just say, hey, everyone, pause. We count to five and then we redo it again, right? And what that allows us to do is know where a dead space is in the audio for five seconds. And then a video editor can quickly go in there and say, all right, I see where they paused. I see where they pick back up. And like a lot of times, Matt, as you know, Rob does a lot of my video editing. So after right. we download it, I'll send it to him and be like, hey, Rob, like at minute, you know, three minutes and 45 seconds, I messed something up. We paused. Can you cut it out and then restart it at four minutes and six seconds? And he can just quickly go and snip that piece out. And honestly, it's like, you, you would never even know. It, it's just seamless right in. And so as you're recording these, like if, if I were to ask Conrad a question in our recording and I don't like how he responded, or maybe we could do it in a little bit better way or make it shorter, I'll just say, hey, let's retake that. We all count to five, boom, we're right back at it. And so don't think you need to be perfect even in the recording. This is where you might invest a little bit of money. Like, I don't know how to do that professional video editing of that caliber. But again, having somebody, you know, to whether it's the, the C2P marketing team or, you know, an outsourced resource that you have for video editing that can do that is, you know, really important. Yeah. And you know that after you went through that, our listeners and watchers today are wondering how many times you've said pause throughout this, but <laughs> we promise we've made it this far. So we're so far. <laughs> we're good. And you'll find that like, there's a bunch of episodes we do where I'm like, we don't need to edit this thing at all. We're good to go, yep. you know, but there's others that, you know, we all stumble on words occasionally and some of it is okay. Like, you know, you don't need your podcast. Perfect. Like we're all humans. And so, you know, sometimes I poke fun or make fun of myself and I'm like, Oh, I can't say that word. I can't speak today. But Again, like I think, you know, the audience is looking to engage with us as humans too. And that's like one of the big things that when I talk about content, we'll get into once we finish up like the setup. But Riverside is kind of a great resource to have like your own studio essentially for you to be able to record and capture your podcast episodes. Yeah. And, and one last point on that, because it's, you know, not being afraid to have to go all the way through and not make a mistake and whatnot. And you might get more comfortable the more you do it and, and it becomes more natural, but it is good to point that stuff out to your guests because you don't know how nervous they are. So to let them know in advance, like, Hey, it's okay. If you slip up and we do this, you know, we're going to, we're going to either yell pause or I'm going to yell Rob's name and he's going to know. So it, it will help make them feel a little more comfortable as you go through as well. A hundred percent. You're exactly right. So, and that's good to do a little kind of pre-show debrief, especially if you're having like a third party guest on. And, you know, again, I'll give you an example of when I interviewed my clients, like this was a little bit outside of their comfort box. And so, you know, I had to give them some preparation and I'll share a little bit about that when we get to content, but um, outside of setup. So again, we have Buzzsprout, which is kind of the hosting of the podcast. The players are going to be wherever your clients get their podcasts from, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube. The recording service is Riverside to essentially create your own studio. And then the last couple things that are critical are your setup, right? The hardware that you're going to use. And so I utilize a Logitech Brio camera. I don't use the built-in camera on my laptop. I use a Logitech Brio. It's a great HD camera. It runs about $250 on Amazon. 
And then I have a tripod that the camera sits on and I'll have a, I'll send a, a photo of kind of my setup, but I am staring directly at my camera on the tripod. Now my computer is over here a little bit. So my camera is actually right in front of Matt's face on my computer. So when I'm looking at Matt, I'm actually looking at my camera. You can also notice like it's not tilted up or down. Like on Matt's camera, if you're looking at the video, I can tell his is on his desk, kind of tilted up in the air at him because I'm kind of taking a downward looking up versus if it's level at eyesight, you're kind of more directly into that camera. It's a little more intimate, personal. It's not looking up or down on somebody. And so camera angle is really important, especially when you want to produce high quality videos. So we have a tripod, it probably costs $12 on Amazon. We have about a $250 Logitech Brio camera. And then from there, microphones, I believe, are the most important. And this came from David Roth and Greg on my team at Allison Wealth Management. They're both musicians. Uh, they both understand audio, audio quality incredibly well. And I used to record my podcasts on... Matt, can you hold up that microphone that you have? Yeah, it's the, the Yeti Blue. Yep. So I used to record on that. And quite honestly, my audio quality was not coming through incredibly crisp and clear. And if you look at any major podcaster out there from Joe Rogan all the way down, they're all using this same Shure S7 microphone out there. Now, this mic costs, uh, it's called an MV7, Shure MV7. This microphone costs about $400 to buy, and it's absolutely worth it. You know, I have one, my, you know, because David and Conrad are on the episodes also, I want them to have one. And so all of our auto audio quality comes through clear and we can set it to be, you know, equalized because the last thing, and you guys have probably seen a video where two people are talking and we, who knows, it might even be in this video where maybe my audio is a lot louder than Matt's audio. And you need to constantly mess with that. Now, Buzzsprout has something called magical audio or something. It's a feature where they help normalize your audio once you upload the file to them. But again, having a good microphone. And with these microphones, it's very much like a professional musician's microphone. You typically want your mouth close to the microphone. And what we have is a little arm. So like if I move my computer over, you can see kind of my setup here. I just have this microphone arm that comes up and that holds the microphone right in front of my mouth. And, and I, don't, I can be hands-free. I talk with my hands a lot. And so it keeps that microphone right there to deliver really crisp, clear audio. So that you know probably runs you 400, 450 bucks but it's absolutely worth it if you're going to start doing podcasts or professional videos. Now, I like to do my podcast standing up. I have more energy when I'm standing up, and that's why I have this arm that holds it up to me. But a lot of times I use this same microphone for all my virtual meetings, and I have a little mini tripod that it sits on. So if I'm sitting at my desk, it's right in front of me also. And sometimes when I do my YouTube content, I just do it sitting down, not standing up. So good camera, good microphone. And then last but not least, the camera doesn't matter how good it is if you don't have proper lighting. And so I'm in my office here. 
you can see, you know, we designed this office specifically to look good in virtual meetings. So I had the contractors come and do all white shiplack behind us, keeps the background very clean and light. We put a nice painting up behind us. You know, we don't have a ton of clutter. I don't have a big screen behind me that takes people's attention away from the content that I'm producing. And then a couple things in terms of lighting, because I have this big window here, we have one of these big box lights. This thing runs about 25 bucks on Amazon. And I put that in one corner where there typically tends to be a darker shadow behind me. So like if I got rid of this light, you can see, you know, there's more of a darker shadow. here. If I position it back, it helps kind of bring more light to my face. And then I also have a more accent light on my computer. And then last but not least, a light in the background. So the lights in the background are really important because they drive an additional focal point. So if I was kind of standing over here, again, you can see how kind of crisp and clear a lot of that looks. And those are all just kind of little hacks in terms of designing your space to be accommodative to you know, the lighting and the video. Like I can't tell you, and, and again, I go back to my early podcasts and I'm like, geez, those, that video quality is horrible. And it's my lighting, it's the room setup, it's just kind of how I'm positioning. And so I'd say these are really easy things to test when, when Conrad joined the team and he was going to start being in all the podcasts. You know, we spent about 30, 40 minutes just testing in a meeting like this. And I'd say, move your camera this way, go put another light over here, you know, move this stuff out of your background. And, you know, that's all stuff that you need to do to just make this look professional. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave, of like testing, but finding someone to test with. So you're not just looking at yourself. It's hard to kind of judge what it looks like on the other end. For for many of you watching or listening, we have we may have done that myself and, and you doing that for webinars, because we talk about the same thing when you're presenting webinars. Do you have you know, the good background behind you, the right lighting, the right sound and all that. So it it works the same. And, and I guess to Dave's point, I'd argue it might even be more important with the podcast because that's how they're consuming that solely where you may not have the visuals. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the other thing I see all the time is a mistake is, you know, advisors have their camera position where they're a small corner. Like I see so many times the camera's far away. And so when you're on your Zoom screen, like your face is just down here again, like they don't need to see 90% of wasted space, right? This is how yeah. close you want to be where my head is towards the top of my frame, similar to Matt, his head is towards the top of his frame. So those are all just little things to think about in terms of the overall setup of your podcast. Those are all great tips for, for the setup, where to get started. You know, hopefully you can go through that and break down. I think the last piece, Dave, and I know it's a, it's a little more advanced, but it is uh, an important piece when you are looking to go viral is making it easy to share this stuff on social. Um, and so I know uh, one of the tools that we use at C2P is Opus. I believe you use uh, the same, if not something similar. Can you tell everybody kind of how that works and what the importance of a tool like Opus is? Yeah. So of course, like you're going to have like every time we upload an episode to Buzzsprout, it's going to automatically upload to all the big podcast players. And then a notification is going to come out. So if I subscribe to the Complete Wealth Management podcast or the Bucket Plan on Demand on Spotify, anytime a new episode is released, I get a notification on my iPhone. 
We also have a podcast station that basically we send out or put in like all of our newsletters or our emails that it's just a web link and it's got every major podcast player with a direct link the client can click on to our our uh, podcast um you know kind of channel on Spotify or Apple. And again, all that's turnkey through Buzzsprout, but the other thing that we like to do is create little snippets out of the podcast episode. So about six or eight months ago, I found a technology called Opus. It's one of those kind of newer AI technologies where you upload your video to it and it will crop out generally 60 to 90 to 120 second video clips. So one, two, three minute, very short form videos that are great for YouTube shorts or Facebook reels. And so what it'll do is it'll crop them out. It'll actually put the subtitles in there and then it'll give you kind of an algorithmic scoring of what they think will actually go viral. And you got to watch them. Like I find, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are not good at all. And what I like to do is once I do an episode, I'll upload it to there and I might find one or two snidbits that we then utilize in social. We put on Facebook reels to drive back to our podcast episode. We put on YouTube shorts to drive back to our podcast episode. And, you know, again, that stuff does not take much time, but it's ways that maybe somebody will go on and they'll watch our 60 second, you know, snippet of me and Conrad or David talking about incentive stock options. And they'll be like, well, I have incentive stock options. Maybe I should go watch this whole episode. And it helps drive traffic back and forth. So OPUS, it's just a, a really good, easy tool to be able to use. Yeah. And it, and like Dave said, it makes it easy on you and it pulls those. If you want to, you can move that around so you can select the segments. But the other nice thing is it grades them for you. Now, nothing's foolproof, but it'll kind of tell you, we think these snippets are going to perform better than the others. But ultimately, yeah, you, you do need to go back and look at them before you go through. The other thing that I like is kind of add the, adds the captions in there. Cause for a lot of those video shorts, People are listening to those without sound sometimes. So having that on there is a big help. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Dave, we, we've covered how and why you started, what our advisors need to get started in terms of hardware and software. But probably one of the, the biggest questions I know I get, and probably you do too, is where do you come up with the content hmm. ideas? Like, you know, and I, and I think, you kind of hit on earlier is there's probably more around you than you even realize, but could you kind of go through where you and your team come up with these content ideas and how you organize them in terms of topics? Yeah, exactly. So here's what I would say. When I first started the podcast, it was Dave Allison and my goal and what I was doing was trying to interview other people, right? And that was okay, But it was very challenging because I didn't have any control over the other people. It was all on me to figure out who I wanted to interview, to try to create the content. And honestly, I started getting burnt out. Like after episode like six, I was like, I don't know if this is worth it anymore. This is a lot of work. And then kind of it, it hit me that like it doesn't need to and shouldn't be all on me. And I don't always need to go out and find a Benjamin Kelly or an Ed Slot or a Harley Gordon to interview. What we can do is create internal content because me and my team are the experts on this stuff. And we're having conversations with our clients every single day. 
And so there's a couple things that I did. Number one is I engaged my two other advisors, David and Conrad. And I said, look, you guys are going to start participating in every one of these podcast episodes with me. And by just doing that alone, we went from a 100% workload on Dave Allison to about a 33% workload on Dave Allison, because now about a third is on Conrad and a third is on David. And so that by default is, you know, just makes it easier to execute and implement this stuff. And then what we did was we use Microsoft Teams as our intra-office chat. And so we created a channel called the Complete Wealth Management on Teams where we all collaborate. So if one of us has a client meeting and we're explaining something that we think would be a good podcast episode, we'll just go ahead and type it into Teams and say, hey, we should do a podcast episode on... 21 tax planning moves before the year end, okay? Then what we'll typically do is I kind of am the gatekeeper, right? I'm, I'm more of the host of the podcast. So I determine what we're going to record. Every other Friday, we have one hour blocked on all of our calendars towards the end of the day where we record a podcast episode. So we know automatically we're just going to be recording every other Friday. We're going to record something. I don't know what it is necessarily. Right. And typically a few days before that podcast episode, we'll narrow down a topic. And then this was a great innovation from David Roth. He takes that topic and he'll go to chat GPT, you know, through open AI and he'll prompt it to actually create an outline or a script. And so what we'll do is we'll prompt it and type a bunch of detail in. You know, we're a holistic wealth management firm focused on delivering financial planning, asset management, tax management, protection planning, and legacy planning to our clients. We have a podcast called the Complete Wealth Management Podcast, whose purpose is to educate consumers on all these topics. And we're about to do an episode on 21 year-end tax planning moves. Can you outline the top 21 moves that we should be discussing and a couple bullet points on these? And what ChatGPT does is it'll put together the outline. And what then we'll do is we'll go through and be like, yeah, we like this one. We don't like this one. We like this one. We don't like this one. And we'll just clean it up. Doesn't take much time to do. And what we could also do is help build different sides of the argument. So recently we did one ver where it was titled, you know, paying cash for something versus taking out a loan. And so what we would do is have chat GPT give us all the pros and the cons of paying cash, all the pros and the cons of taking out a loan. And of course, we add our own personal perspectives and biases. We bring in client stories, but that just gives us a framework or an outline mm -hmm. to be able to run from the podcast episode. So in some cases, we'll do that. Like last Friday, you know, one thing that kind of came to mind is David Roth is about to have a baby this week. And so I jumped on and I said, hey, David, when I had Everly's, this is seven years ago, I wrote a blog on kind of the seven steps a new parent should take. 
let's do a podcast episode on all the things you and Julie are thinking about as you prepare for a new baby. Let's just not focus a new baby though. Let's talk about like how to fund college. Let's talk about how to put your child on payroll if you own a business. Let's talk about how to do annual gifting to your children and utilize trusts if you have such a high net worth that, you know, estate tax is an issue. And there was no outline. I just jump on with Conrad and David and we start talking. And if it's good, we keep it. If it sucks, oh well, like, you know, maybe there's components of it we can snip out. But most of the time you'll find it's good. It's valuable content. I share almost all my personal financial in, in some of you might not be comfortable doing that, but I talk about, you know, my financial plan, how I'm saving, what I own, the, the you know, stuff that we've got set up. And so I think a lot of that just brings kind of an openness to the content that we're creating. And like for all of us as financial advisors, content should be the easiest thing that we have. Maybe you're not good at sitting down and writing a blog and that's not your thing, but I've yet to meet a financial advisor who isn't good at talking, storytelling, being able to communicate some of the financial planning that we do. And so that's what your content should be in your podcast. And the last thing that I just want to share, Matt, on kind of this content thing, and this is like the next evolution that we're working towards is like, we're really, really good at like analytical content, right? But the best podcasts that I watch are more of a show. Like I mentioned earlier, I watch more podcasts than I do TV shows because they're entertaining. And yeah. I would go find a few podcasts that you want to model off of. Like every episode, I watch The Compound and Friends. Some of you guys might know that guy, the reform broker, downtown Josh Brown and Michael Batnick. Like they have such an amazing investing podcast. So if you're into that, go check out that. But it's entertaining. Like I was coming home from dropping my girl off at school today and I was like laughing, listening to them. They're just funny. They're entertaining. They talk about relevant stuff in the stock market. You know, most of it's all kind of technical trading stuff and picking the right stocks. But again, it's really good content or, you know, I watch Joe Rogan. I watch the All In podcast. These are entertaining shows and you want to figure out how to make yours entertaining as well not just driving content the whole time. And I think when you have multiple personalities, you know, again, if it was just me interviewing a guest, it's going to be an interview. But when we have me and Conrad and David, we're more just interacting about what's going on in all of our lives and in our clients' lives and just becomes, I think, a little bit more engaging. Yeah. And frankly, I think that's probably what your clients and prospects want to hear that, you know, you're human, you're relatable that way. It's not talking down on them, you're talking with them. And it's, I'm glad you mentioned the point too about, it's not that you can't have guests, but you don't have to feel forced to it. Like you, as the advisor, you're the thought leader that they want to hear from the most. You can bring in other expertise, but I know I mentioned the JL Smith one earlier. Our, our best numbers come from interviewing ourselves, from Jason and Brian Bibbo and Jeff Warnkin and Gary Pelfrey. Like, we still bring in outside guests and those do well, but they want to hear from, from us. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I think it's another way your clients, like, I know this has happened and I'm actually always like blown away when like, I'll have a client be like, Hey, I was listening to your podcast the other day. Like this was awesome. Or like they rally behind you. I, again, I kind of, I, I very openly share things going on in my life on our podcast and things I'm doing financially. Like as an example, when I talked about the decision to take out a loan versus pay cash, 
I gave a true story of what I'm personally going through right now and building an addition on our house and paying cash versus financing and kind of the why behind we're even building this addition. And, and so like when you open up like that, to, you just get really good feedback from your clients back. And so that's just been another kind of great way where, you know, there's only so many times a year I can sit down with them to build connections. But like, it's interesting, you start building connections with, you know, if you if you watch these podcasts on a regular basis with like with the people on the show that of course, you know, you're not in there in person with them, but it just really helps to kind of bridge everything together. Right. And the other thing that you mentioned that I know I hear a lot from other advisors is they're having the same conversations over and over, answering the same questions over and over. Like those are the, that's the low hanging fruit to bring into a podcast to talk through, you know, with your team or someone on there of, of get that out to the masses. I mean, you do, I know you do that, Allison. Whilst you do that for us at, at C2P as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, just in, in kind of that vein, like, you know, my original direction, if you listen to my first three episodes of my podcast, I was interviewing a different expert, Benjamin Kelly, Apollo Lupeshko, Harley Gordon. Like the other transformational moment for us, I believe, is when I stopped interviewing other people and I would just position my team as the experts. Like when I want to talk about stock option planning, like David is on there and I'm like, you know, David, you're so brilliant at this. You're a guru. What should our clients be thinking about? Talk about that client last year that you helped exercise $70 million of company stock and sell it. Like tell that story of what the things that you and he were talking about during that, that transition process or, you know, Conrad, like talk about some of the stuff you're doing as a fractional CFO for the business owners that you work with. Like, what are some of the basics? If I was getting ready to sell my company in two or three years, like what things do I need to be thinking about? And again, positioning your own internal team, I think is a lot better than bringing in experts. Now, you know, I'm happy to jump on podcasts for any of our PCA advisors. I've done that with JL Smith. I actually have one I'm doing tonight with one of our advisors on the tax management journey. But again, I think the more you can bring your internal team in and position them as experts, the better off you're going to be because it brings all of that value, you know, internally to your organization. And so that's where you can all get a lot of ideas on terms of where to find the content and how to how to use that. I think the formatting and the repurposing is another key thing to hit on. And, and Dave hit on this earlier. I kind of call it the content waterfall. You can call it whatever you want. But how to make it easy on yourself. So if you're recording a video like we're doing now, you have that, you can strip out the audio and you have a podcast. We mentioned the tool for pulling out social posts. You can use some of these tools that to pull out the transcription or use a Fiverr service, something like that. And now you've got a blog and maybe you put some of those together and you have an ebook that now you can use for lead gen and, and pull out quotes there and you got more social posts. So Try and make it easier for yourself by having a plan to repurpose those. And I know Dave, you know you're you're great at that at both places on how to make your life easier. You know, work work smarter, not harder when it comes to repurposing all this content. Well, and here's the thing: if if you're not good at any of this stuff, all you need is a good R and D department. R and D is rip off and duplicate, and you know, follow <laughs> what what I'm doing if you want and repurpose it. I remember, you know, and when we were in Orlando at the retreat, Jason Smith stood up and. And he was like, look, it's it's easy. All I do is subscribe to Dave's podcast. And he was like, for example, I got notification his 21 year in tax plannings were live. 
basically I listened to it. It was great. I shot it over to Brian Bibbo and Jeff Warnkin. And I said, just record this, but with us doing it instead of Dave doing it, right? Like those are the things I think in the spirit of our collaborative group at C2P, you know, if you're not an expert at creating content, go listen to other podcasts mm -hmm. to get ideas. Again, I have my advisor team, Conrad and David, listening to podcasts all the time for developing their own education. There's a couple really great industry ones that I learn a ton from, especially with advanced high net worth planning. Like those are the places to crowdsource ideas and then just duplicate it. So content should not be an issue at all. And honestly, cost should not be a barrier to start these podcasts. It's just committing and blocking the time to be able to do it. Yeah. And so as Dave said, subscribe to his, make sure you're subscribed to our C2P ones and collaborate with the other C2P advisors in our network, you know, it, at the collegiums or other events on our Facebook group, look, look for them there. Cause there's a lot of ideas there. And, and the nugget that now we know Dave, you need to charge Jason a licensing fee for, for some <laughs> of this. <content. laughs> well, um, I think, I think JL Smith is doing enough business with C2P. Right. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> take off rip rip off and duplicate all you want so right. we all get better together we've earned the rights yeah so th this is uh, i guess all been very helpful dave we've got we've got a lot here to unpack for our advisors listen i guess as we kind of land the plane any uh additional tips or final thoughts uh that you want to leave with our audience today no like i said just get out and do it i mean content is king relevant content is king this will help you grow your business in a very cost effective way it's going to position you as an expert and so just get out there and start doing it record videos if they stink don't upload them it's not that hard like you know conrad he just sent me one on the new tax bill he was not comfortable in front of the camera i said just record four or five of them there's many times where I'll record videos and I'll do eight or nine takes of them before I find one that I feel like I actually got right. So again, it's, you know, if, if you are trying to do a five to seven minute video, block an hour, hour and a half for you to do it. You can do five, six, seven different takes of it until you get one that you like. But I will guarantee you, the more you do, the more comfortable you'll be in front of that camera. And the more comfortable you are in front of the camera, the more your business is going to grow because consumers are demanding a lot of this short form media and content, whether it's YouTube videos or podcasts to consume information. And I feel like if you're not doing this, you're going to get left in the dust as an advisor. Yeah. And if you need to, like you said, do the practice, you know, record them yourself. But I always say Try and go be a guest on someone else's too. If you're not sure whether you want to do it a, a full one yourself, go be a guest and experience it somewhere else and see if it's for you. Very good. Well, I think this is going to be helpful for everybody at C2P, Matt. I appreciate it. And your marketing team does an incredible job helping support all this. So Matt, if they want some more information on resources or how our marketing team can help, who should they reach out to and what should they do? Yeah, yeah they can reach out to myself. I'll make sure that, that we get that directed to the right place. I'm at sites. You can find my information on our website at c2penterprises.com. We'll make sure we get you headed in the right direction. But yeah, hopefully you got a, a good head start here with this advice from Dave. So Dave, thank you very much for, for joining us and sharing your expertise today. Sounds good. Thanks everyone.
Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Never miss an episode by subscribing now to discover new resources and strategies. Visit c2penterprises.com to learn how we can help scale and secure your business. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening or viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P Enterprises, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax or legal advice.